Hi, my name is Ruth, and today we are joined by Fabio Battista, the editor and translator of our newest publication in the Lorenzo de Ponte Italian Library, um, Queen of Scots. So welcome, Professor Battista. Thank you for having me, Ruth. Uh, thank you. Um, can you briefly tell us about your research interests and how you got to this text? Sure. Um, so my job is a, I, I'm a professor of Italian uh, language and literature at the University of Alabama. And uh, my main focus as far as research uh, really is early modern studies. Uh, in particular, I've uh, been interested and I am still interested in how uh, news, specifically political news and uh, religious news, uh, was treated as the source for artistic creation in early modern times, specifically between roughly between 1500 and 1700. Um, the main focus within this, this category uh, of my research has been Anglo-Italian relations. So how, specifically how English or Scottish, or let's say Anglo-inspired um, news became a source for uh, commentary, cultural commentary, artistic creation in uh, coeval Italy. Uh, specifically, uh, as I mentioned, I landed on one of the texts on which I landed um, was La Reina di Scozia, the Queen of Scots, which uh, I, I translated. And the reason why uh, I did is because this is one of the most important, if not the most important, uh, early modern literary text, uh, specifically dealing with this aspect, the uh, intercultural uh, communication between Italy and, uh, and England, and particularly uh, regarding matters of religious history, which was the case with Mary, Queen of Scots, religious history that also had political connotations. Very important, actually, political connotations. That sounds very complex, but also very interesting. <laughs> it's actually not that complex. I like to think about it as, uh, uh, you know, if you know the Tudors uh, or the, the the Netflix shows that deal with things that are long gone, it's kind of the same aspect, but in uh, specifically in literature more than, uh, than anything. Could you also maybe say a few words to introduce... Um, Federico de la Valle, the author of the play, um, sure. to an English-speaking audience who might not be familiar with his works. Of course. I will add that an Italian audience would not be particularly um, uh, familiar with his works either. Uh, he is uh, what perhaps the most prominent, if not one of the most prominent um, dramatists of his period. So he lived in essentially in the early, he, at the turn between the 16th and the 17th century, but he's roughly considered a 17th century, early 17th century um, author mostly. Um, he had a diplomatic um, uh, career. He was um, quite close with the Savoy family in uh, Northern Italy, who were the rulers of that area. And so he was well, uh, well familiar with the matters of international affairs, which was not uh, a coincidence that he, uh, uh, you know, ended up picking up the uh, the story of Mary Queen of Scots as one of the 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 the, the motives for his for his creations. Um, Mary Queen of Scots, however, Ladina di Scozia, was uh, 
uh, kind of his one foray uh, outside of the biblical genre. His most, his other dramatic works are biblically inspired, Judith and Esther. So they kind of deal with mostly female uh, figures from the Bible. And as I mentioned before, the case of Mary, Queen of Scots, who was put to death in 1587, um, and she became a Catholic martyr, essentially. And that is one of the reasons why De La Valle, in my opinion, at least, uh, decided to kind of look at even a contemporary, roughly his contemporary, um, for a source of inspiration rather than just the biblical uh, the biblical aspects. Because some of the religious the aspect, like the, the themes were you know kind of similar and he was familiar with this uh with this with this material so what makes queen of scots i guess um distinct um in terms of maybe conventions and themes from early modern italian dramas um and what unique elements does it bring to the genre Sure. Um, so Larina di Scozia really is uh, quite classical in its uh, in its conception and in its structure. For instance, uh, you will, if you're familiar with Greek tragedy, um, you will notice some recurring elements. For instance, the chorus. There is a chorus that is very very important actually in this in this tragedy. It's not, it's not just a you know, a, a convention. It does really carry a very important role. Another aspect that uh, goes back to uh, classical tragedy is the lack of internal partition. So there are no acts, there are no scenes. This is a continuous, uh, it's a continuous text, really. And another aspect um, that is kind of remarkable is that although this is a dramatic tragedy, the dramatic text, a tragedy specifically, this was never performed uh, in its entirety. And uh, most likely it was intended to be read. So uh, it it's a little bit of a difference. So that, that is, you know, a difference with regard to uh, Greek tragedy, which was very much meant for performance. And um, another point of continuity, though, is the the culmination in terms of dramatic action is the execution of Mary Queen of Scots. Now, this execution um, does not happen on stage, and that is something that is not peculiar to De La Valle. That also is um, comes after centuries and centuries and centuries of theoretical discussions, starting with Aristotle, really um, about showing violence on stage. So the, um, for instance, as, as I mentioned, the execution is narrated. So rather than showing, we are told of what happens. This is taking place outside of the stage and is reported by one of the characters uh, who narrates with great detail, uh, quite gory actually detail as well, uh, how the head was severed from the head. So it's not necessarily, the problem was not necessarily violence, but rather the showing of violence um, on stage. So you talked a little bit about executions and, you know, um, Queen of Scots is like a historical drama yes. and historical, um, I guess, works or historical dramas often um, blur the lines between fact and fiction. So how does Federico um, Della Valle balance historical accuracy with his creative choices in this book? 
Oh, that's such a good question. Um, yes, uh, you, you've said it already. So like, it, it, as is customary with historical fiction, there will be um, many, many divergences between the fact and its representation. Uh, in the case of uh, the Queen of Scots, the Lavalle really um, takes few elements from actual from the actual history that he could have accessed, which was enormous because this was a very, very, very important event on a European, uh, in a European perspective, not just for uh, the British Isles. Um, so you you can see that there will there are there are a number of characters that are based on or loosely based I should say on their historical uh, counterparts. Most of the characters are. Um, there are, however, some exceptions, but most of the characters have some kind of grounding in reality. As far as uh, how accurate the tragedy is, not very. Um, not very accurate, also because uh, it concentrates on the very, very last hours of uh, of American of Scott's life, essentially con condensing in those very few hours events and developments that had happened over the course of weeks, if not months. The um, the, the very imprisonment of Mary Queen of Scots was an almost a 20-year 20 20-year 20 affair. And the uh, there was lots of uh, of the deliberation, there was lots of hesitation on the part of Elizabeth, the Queen of England, uh, in finally signing the death warrant. So this is not necessarily portrayed in De La Valle's work, which is understandable and, and fine because we don't necessarily want a history lesson. We want to be entertained today. <laughs> but at the time, uh, I would say that De La Valle, I, I, I would be pretty confident in, in, uh, in guessing that he absolutely had a pedagogical um, intention behind his creation, so not just entertainment. So the historical elements are essentially uh, used to um, to make his argument, right? To 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 advance his ideological uh, agenda, his ideological um, positions. So yes, history is very much present. This is rooted in history. In reality, though, the the narrative, the the the, the, dr the dramatic fiction does not necessarily bear that much resemblance to the actual fact, if not for the essential elements. Mary Queen of Scots was put to death. Very true. The uh, the the sentence was read and uh, was signed by her uh, cousin, the Queen of England. That is all true. The details, not so much. How has this dramatic reinterpretation of Mary Queen of Scots's death contributed? then to the enduring legacy and fascination surrounding her story. Sure. Um, so this, uh, I failed to mention it earlier, but this is, uh, to my knowledge, my maybe I'll be proven wrong, but so far that hasn't happened. But to my knowledge, that is the, the Queen of Scots, La Reina di Scozia, is the earliest um, dramatic representation of Mary Queen of Scots in a modern vernacular. I know, I have read, I have located one prior tragedy um, written in Latin, but that was never printed and that was never per was performed, but it was never printed. So it's it's just a manuscript. It was intended as a school play. So I 
think we can safely uh, state that it is Federico de la Valle that begins the literary canonization of Mary Queen of Scots. Now, this process, however, is not necessarily a uh, the, the process essentially that takes that takes us from de la Valle in uh, if we go by the printed version 1628, if we go by the the earlier uh, manuscript already 1591. Um, so from there until today, because as you mentioned uh, correctly, the American of Scots myth is very much alive in popular culture still, uh, is not a straight line. There is There, there are a number of um, kind of ob obscure uh, places. Uh, I would not go, for instance, so I would not be so bold as to claim that it is because of Federico de la Valle that Mary Queen of Scots was canonized as, a, as an enduring source of interest, fascination and creation. That would be inaccurate. But what the, the existence itself of the Queen of Scots must be inscribed into a greater interest in the episode of, of uh, you know, of, of the death of American Scots, uh, which bespeaks to a fascination that was apparently as relevant uh, today, and it was as relevant at the time as it is today. I would also, though, uh, qualify how different the Lavalle's interpretation of American Scots is to our own. Um, we, which is perfectly natural, centuries later, um, have tended to secularize this 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 episode. For instance, the religious aspects are not necessarily the ones that are most of interest. For instance, if you um, are familiar with the uh, a movie that came out not too many years ago, probably four or five years ago, um, which is uh, entitled American of Scots specifically, uh, which was a you know a major a major uh, motion picture. The religious aspect is there because it's inevitable. It, it's part of part of of the motor, but it's not really the focus. It's not really the main interest. In the Laval is very much. This is very much the focus. Uh, he in this tragedy was trying, at least in my in my mind, he was trying to. Uh, portray the dramatic opposition, the contrast at play between the Reformed Europe and Catholic Europe. So obviously on from the perspective and on the side of Catholics against Protestants. So Mary Queen of Scots and her tragic death, she was a Catholic and she came to embody really this, this struggle very, very prominently. However, to just to conclude uh, briefly this your question, uh, I would say that we cannot really talk about Mary Queen of Scots and her fortune, her myth, without mentioning one name, which is not Federico de la Valle, but uh, Friedrich Schiller. So same first name, one in Italian, one in German, but two very different people from different periods. His tragedy, Maria Stuart, which was uh, written in 1800, that is what actually uh, stimulated a, a a more enduring tradition, really, regarding Mary Queen of Scots, and uh, essentially was responsible for the rebirth of this myth after the enormous popularity that it had enjoyed in the Lavalle's time and throughout the 17th century. There are a number of works written about Mary Queen of Scots, but if we care about Mary Queen of Scots still today, I would 
I would think is actually probably more due to Friedrich Schiller than it is to Federico de la Valle, which doesn't cancel the fact that de la Valle's work really was a pioneer in this uh, in this uh, genre. Thinking about how you know you translated um, de la Valle's work, can you share um, any interesting an- anecdotes about the translation process, or if um, there were any specific passages or terms that presented? unique challenges when translating from Italian to English? Oh, that's a, <laughs> a dense question. Um, okay, I will be very honest. I don't have any funny anecdotes. I wish I did, but I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I can comment on the fact that uh, translating is never easy, even you know, no matter what type of text you're translating, specifically when you're translating, translating literature and literature that was produced centuries ago with a very different language, for instance, to than contemporary Italian, those are the challenges grow, right, exponentially there. Um, my biggest challenge, probably in terms of like, as a translator, my biggest challenge was not necessarily how to translate, let's say, a word or, you know, specific, um, specific passages in the text, but more, uh, I needed, I was trying, and I hope I somehow managed to strike a balance between being uh, respectful of the original text, which is very difficult in Italian. I would argue that many native speakers of Italian would have a a difficult time reading uh, the the Queen of the La Reina di Scozia. So this is an aspect that I had to take into consideration, and I did not want to ignore. If the text is difficult, there needs to remain a certain level of difficulty. However, I am also very aware that texts, if they're not read, they die. Therefore, I, uh, as I mentioned, I was trying to strike a balance between maintaining some of the difficulty, but also being aware of a live, you know, contemporary non-Italian speaking audience. So I had to try to explain a few things a little bit more. I had to put a little bit extra effort into making sure that I'm not just saying the words or giving my version of the of the words as De La Valle wrote them, but making sure that they actually made some sense. A big, big challenge was syntax. This, uh, you know, De La Valle wrote in the, in the late 16th century, with the re-elaborations in the early 17th century. So the structure itself of the language is very different from contemporary Italian. There are this is the, the there are lots of metaphors. It's a very very uh, um, how do you um, educated text. This is not um, the, the the author is someone who clearly knew a lot and was a talented poet which was great, but also makes it challenging to transpose into a different language. Um, if I can think of one aspect that I uh, that I I have to say somewhat struggled struggled with uh, was names because you you asked before about the relations between the relation between this text and its historical source. Names are the first uh, connection there, right? So, 
as I mentioned, the, a lot of the, the characters are historically grounded and their names are Italianized. Now, this works fine in many, in most, really, uh, in, in most cases. But there have been a couple of instances where I genuinely did not know who the historical reference was behind this clearly English name that was Italianized. One such example is not actually in the uh, tragedy in La Reina di Scozia, but it's in an appendix, which is included in the book. There is an appendix, um, which is a letter written by uh, someone. I, I will cut it short. It's a letter detailing the um, the execution of Marianne Scots. And in this letter, there is a name, the name of a certain Earl or Conte in, in Italian. And his name, Conte di Mestrice, to this day, I really do not know who that is, who it was intended to be. And mind you, this is not in a literary text. This is in a letter, a nonfiction. This is not supposed to... So uh, th this kind of challenge, which I embrace because this is one of the fun, fun things, actually, of working with historical texts, you have to play detective a little bit, right? And trying to figure out who were you guys thinking about? especially when we're talking about an Italian writing about a non-Italian uh, subject. So um, while I cannot say that I really struggled terribly with uh, some specific word or specific passage, the struggles were more evenly distributed uh, throughout the operation. But, you know, one is, again, the names and what they may or may not uh, indicate. Um, well, thank you for sharing. And um, thank you for um, coming here today to discuss with us um, this remarkable publication. Uh, Queen of Scots is out now through the University of Toronto Press in the Lorenzo de Ponte Italian Library. And you can find it wherever you get your books, um, in person or online. Um, thank you. Thank you.